Hey guys, ladies and gents, welcome. Welcome to my Queen Deep Diversion for their seventh album, Jazz, released in 1978. I just finished going through every single song on this fun album, probably collectively their funnest. And every time I finish an album, you guys probably know by now, I do a Queen Deep diversion where I talk about who stole my attention the most on that album. And sometimes it jumps out at me. More than halfway through, I'm sorry, <laughs> less than halfway through an album sometimes, it jumps out at me. I just know who's going to get it. Other times, I waffle a little bit. Ooh, I'm not so sure. This happened with, what was that? A Day at the Races? I believe it was A Day at the Races. It was. I gave A Day at the Races to Freddie. But I gave John sort of honorable mention because as I was going through side two of races, I thought, you know what? John is so spectacular here. And every album is different. And I never quite know what's going to happen because I thought to myself, oh, I know who's going to get this. And then something happens and something changes. And today, I think it's going to be a little interesting. I'm going to tell you who stole my attention the most because there was one man, but I'm going to tell you something else. And guys, disclaimer today, I am, <laughs> I am having brain troubles. You probably noticed I've just tripped over some words. Part of that is because I am just having a day. The other part is because I'm unfortunately taking steroids for a short period of time. This is not to pump me up. No, this is because <laughs> this is because I had some minor UC things going on. So here come the steroids. I hate them. I have to take them every once in a great while for a week or two. It's awful, but it must be done. Bonus, you guys, when I take prednisone, it does something to my voice. I can't explain it. It doesn't make my throat tight. It just changes my voice box somehow. So to me, I sound really weird. To you guys, I might sound pretty much the same. I don't know. Maybe it's my ears and not actually my voice that's bugging me. If any of you have ever recorded yourselves, spoken, watched yourself speak, heard yourself speak on a recording, you know you sound incredibly different to everyone else than you do to yourself. Because when you hear your voice in your head, it resonates completely differently. This is why it's also very difficult to mix your own voice in music, by the way. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Anyway, I digress. The whole point is I'm very foggy today. So if I say things that don't make sense and I have to backtrack, I apologize. I just had to tell you because I know it's going to happen. But back to Queen and this Queen deep diversion. Yes, jazz. I love jazz. Honestly, it is probably in my top five Queen albums. If I was going to rank them and that ranking changes from day to day, I feel like, yes, Queen 2 is almost always at the top. I, I feel... Like it sits there very comfortably. Nothing ever competes with it. But when I get to my second, third, fourth rankings, things kind of get muddied depending on the day. Jazz typically probably lands in the top five, top six. 
I really like jazz. It was, as I think I've said already multiple times, it was the album I wanted the most when I was collecting them in the stores, when I was going to every little tiny record or music shop I could find in town, trying to find these CDs for myself instead of ordering them online. Jazz was the one that I was like, I want jazz. And I I found it and I was elated, of course. That was a wonderful day. I was so excited. I recorded myself in my car <laughs> opening that lovely disc. Anyway, jazz. I love jazz. It's fun. It's definitely fun. And the man who stole my attention the most, the man my ears went to the most is Brian May. Brian May, ladies and gentlemen, our favorite guitarist. I chose Brian for jazz, his innovation, the imagination, the performance he gives us. But it isn't just about Brian's multifaceted guitar playing that gets me here on jazz. This guy takes his guitar to so many colorful places, especially on this album. Strings in Leaving Home Ain't Easy. A very jazzy, subdued, melancholy horn arrangement in Dreamer's Ball. Sitar in Jealousy. He creates all of it simply by using his tricks, innovation, his experimentation to bend the rules and the guitar strings, really. And the sound is manipulated just enough to masquerade as something else entirely. Yes, he gives us impossibly, unbelievably fast solos and riffs. Some of them, I think his most impressive yet, Hello, Dead on Time. That's only like my favorite song on the album. But the lyrical, singable lines we know and love are still here, especially in Don't Stop Me Now. His little guitar solo in there, while it may not be as technically impressive, it's incredibly singable and memorable. Dare I say, Brian's own composition, Leaving Home Ain't Easy. His vocals in it, one of his best performances, I think, thus far. One of my favorites from his more solo-like performances within Queen as a songwriter. Really, it feels the more Queen expands their repertoire in general as we go through these albums, and the more Brian expands his repertoire, the looser and freer he becomes. He's been known to say he's relaxed over the years, even in his play stance on stage. He used to be kind of more rigid. He talks about that. He was more within himself, a little bit shy, and he's loosened up a lot. I think he has more fun, and you can see that. If you watch his more recent performances playing guitar on stage, you see a difference between his early mode of play and who he is now. His style is very distinct, yes. We never lose that. We always know it's him. He's just getting that much more diverse and adventurous, playful, serious life, and lovely. Brian can play in any style, anytime, dead on time, jazz. I love Brian on this album. I, I, I think what really takes the cake for me, honestly, is dead on time. His guitar work in dead on time is seriously impressive ridiculously fast, on blazing fire. I absolutely love Dead on Time. And it's almost entirely because of Brian's performance in that song. But again, he does so much with his sounds 
This is exactly why I gave a night at the opera to him as well, even though, <gasps> shocker, I know, Bohemian Rhapsody. Freddie, hello. But I had to give opera to Brian. I just had to. Good Company, The Prophet Song. I, I really think Brian took opera, and I think he takes jazz. He goes above and beyond. And for me, my ears just go there. I don't even think about it. When I'm listening to most of the songs on jazz, I kind of go to the guitars. But let's talk a little bit more about jazz. Let's talk a little bit more about my choice to give this to Brian. Yes, Brian takes it. Absolutely. There is no honorable mention. But here's the thing. I was thinking about jazz and I was thinking about the songs and the efforts given through all the songs from all the guys. And when it comes to performance, dedication to perfection, that craft, really, it could have been anybody. I think the only reason I chose Brian was simply because of the effects, the overall product of his performance and the efforts he put in. So when I say, oh, it's Brian, and I suppose this just emphasizes the fact that when I give an album to one of the guys, it's not like I'm saying the others were terrible or they didn't do their part or they weren't any good. That's not what I mean. What I mean is so-and-so just, sh they shined brighter. They, they, they shone brighter. Oh my gosh. I was telling, see, this is what I mean. They were just really shiny. <laughs> and Brian is the shiny one for me on jazz. And that officially, very succinctly, I think, closes out this seventh album. And I want to talk a little bit more about jazz in general because, guys, it's the last 70s Queen album. It's also the last Queen album without synthesizers. And the guys were all about that. Their early albums had no one played synthesizers. And the reason they did this was because Brian's orchestrations, his impressive orchestrations on guitar, were often mistaken for synthesizer sounds. So they made a point to say, uh-uh, no, there is no synthesizer. This is the last album. Jazz is the last album with that distinction. No synthesizers. It's all acoustic, it's all played by hand, it's all done by the guys on various instruments. There's no synthesizer work. But as we shift here from the last 70s album and we dive into the 80s, it's truly the start of something totally different. And I don't wanna get into that too much because I'm gonna touch all of that when I launch the next album. I'm gonna talk about fan sentiment, critic sentiment, because it was very, very diverse and it was very... It was very loud. A lot of people were excited about that new development in Queen. Some of the classic fans, the purists, the people that were with them since day one said, oh, no, we are not having this. And I think it kind of divided the fan base from here on out. So this album feels like a major milestone. I know I talk about closing the an era at the end of an era every time I close an album, but this is really, truly beyond any doubt, probably the biggest transition we're ever going to get in Queen anywhere because we're not just shifting decades, we're shifting gears entirely. And that is going to change how the songs develop. Gone are the super experimental, completely unpredictable, 
movements in one song, all these changes of keys, all these rhythm shifts, the experimentations, they're going to be fewer and far between going forward because the guys are going to do what a lot of bands did at the time, especially rock bands, which was to adopt the sort of new wave concept of something that was more cyclic, something that was more pop, something that was more accessible, something that was more radio ready. And it's going to take the guys in various directions and developments, and they're going to be heavily scrutinized because of that. So saying goodbye to jazz for me as a lover of 70s Queen, first and foremost, I mean, guys, when I think about Queen, Queen 2. That is that is the epitome of Queen to me. When I think about Queen, I think about them on that album, how they look, the cover. That to me is absolute Queen, Queen 2. And that's one of the reasons I love the album so much. Yes, I love it because they're unbridled, unbridled, they're unbridled enthusiasm, having more access in the studio, having more time in the studio. It all came flooding out in this overproduced thing that I think is miraculous and fantastic and completely showcases what they were capable of and is innovative and is dreamy and is over the top and excessive and all those things. And it has heavy metal on it. It just, I love Queen too. So 70s Queen is where it's at for me. And I'm just going to be upfront when I say going forward, there are going to be more songs that I criticize more. There are going to be more songs that I don't hate them. I don't even dislike them. I just don't care for them as much. You know, I'll listen to them. If I'm listening to the album, I'll listen to it. But there are songs that you're going to hear me go, I'm not so sure about this on a personal level, not necessarily because it's done in a bad way or it's not done well, but just from the simple aspect of being a song that attracts me because I love what they did in the 70s. I love their sound in the 70s. And it's going to shift as we go forward. But what I'm hoping is going to happen, you guys, is I'm going to dive deeper than I ever have with these songs, obviously. I mean, I know them all really well, but I'm always learning something new as I reveal it to you too, as I do these deep dives, I don't know all this stuff when I say it to you. I have to go look this stuff up sometimes. And, and some of it just expands my knowledge and my understanding of the song and how it was made. And sometimes that's all it takes is, oh my gosh, once I discover that's why this was done this way, once I discover the motivation or how they did something, it can completely change my sentiment around a song and sometimes a whole album. So I'm looking forward to to that potentially happening as we get into the 80s. Because again, by and large, my very favorite stuff from Queen is kind of already behind us. But I'm super curious what the future is going to bring here. And that's not to say I don't really love some of the albums we haven't got to yet or songs we haven't analyzed. We haven't gone into those dives yet. We haven't done the deep thing yet. There are going to be songs that I'm going to gush over Still, just like ones I've done in the past, but I, I think it's going to happen less. I mean, when I first started this, I was so excited. If you've been with me, you heard it. I was ecstatic about every single song on Queen 2. I was ecstatic about every single song on A Day at the Races. That might be my second favorite album, by the way. I, I was ecstatic because I love them. I love them. I love the artistry. A Day at the Races is so beautiful. Their loveliest album. 
their most gorgeous, rich, lush, prettiest album they ever did. Just the complexity of the arrangements. The ballads, You Take My Breath Away from Freddie. Somebody to Love. I mean, the gorgeousness, the elaborate arrangements there, the pretty, prettiness of it. That's what I love about Races. That makes that album distinctive in their entire catalog. But there are songs that encapsulate the same emotions, the same colors, the same feelings. And I'm going to gush over those too. But anyway, I'm rambling at this point about Queen. I just wanted to close out this whole era of 70s Queen because things are going to rapidly shift as we move forward into 1980. Everything's going to change. The look, the sound, the approach, the production, everything's going to change. And we're going to talk all about it when I kick off their eighth album. How did we get here? Wow, a lot of songs to cover, you guys, and there's a lot more to go. That was redundant. <laughs> a lot of songs we have covered, and there's a lot more to go. There. Okay, guys, before I ramble on any more about Queen, and it's completely nonsensical and it is a mess, keep yourselves alive. I will be back next time, probably talking about something different because I just closed out jazz, but... I got to figure out what that's going to be. I have an idea. It might be kind of a controversial topic. It might be about corporate messaging. I know that's random. That's totally different. But I think about that stuff because it's part of marketing and it's part of some of the stuff I do. And it's the big picture thing, right? It's all about attitude and appeal and that sort of thing. Anyway, I'm going to say it again. Keep yourselves alive. I'll be back next time. Have a great day. Stay happy. Just stay happy. That's all I'm going to say. All right, guys. Later.